Hello and welcome to another episode of James Bond and Friends. James Bond can't be with us again this week, so I'm your fill-in host, James Page from MI6, and today I have with me Calvin Dyson, Mark O'Connell, and David Lee. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Hello, I'm Calvin Dyson. Uh, you can find my Bond review and uh, attempt at uh, humorous uh, video channel uh, on YouTube if you search for Calvin Dyson. Hi, and I'm Mark O'Connell, uh, writer, author, and a view to a kill apologist. Uh, I'm writer of uh, Catching Bullets, Memoirs of a Bond fan, and I'm out there in all the various uh, social media corridors uh, celebrating our man James. And I am David Lee from the James Bond dossier. Uh, you can find me on Twitter um, or various other social uh, media um platforms or and i also wrote the complete guide to the drinks of james bond great well for this episode rather than covering uh bond 25 news i thought we'd talk about some kind of longer term topics on the franchise and really all all kind of hanging off the idea of what happens after bond 25 comes out um in terms of the direction of the franchise and post craig so, David, would you like to lead us off with your first idea of what we could look at after Craig departs? Certainly, James. Yep, I, I, I will do that. Um, the, the, the thing that I, I wanted to really talk about was, that, and it, it's something that, um, that has been talked about by fans for many, many years now, is, is rebooting the series and um, re, refilming all the books uh, in the, the order that they were written and setting them in, in the 1950s and 1960s. So they're made as period pieces. And um, because uh, if, you, if you went and uh, shot the books uh, as they were written, and set them in the modern era, they, it, it would really it would really jar because the you know the they're, they're quite old fashioned in in many respects now. Uh, with respect to the to the attitude um, uh, of you know towards towards women and, uh, and many many other aspects, and so um, you know, I, I just thought that you know maybe one way to uh, to relaunch the franchise after Daniel Craig has left is to actually do that. And I just wondered just wondered uh, what everybody else here thought about that. I think it would be really tough because, I mean, like you say as well, like, you know, the amount of, um, uh, I mean, basically, unless you're an English, white, straight man in the Fleming books, uh, you know, the, the, there's something to be taken issue with about you. And I just can't, I, I can't imagine there being a situation where a company would put up the money to do, like, totally faithful adaptations of the Ian Fleming books without saying, like, you know, giving notes on, oh, actually, could we not have him smoke so much? Could we take out some of this racist language? Uh, could we maybe, you know, economize the plot a bit more? Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I would like to, I mean, I, I see it more as like, if that were to ever happen, it would be some kind of a Netflix mm -hmm. series where maybe there'd be like two episodes per book or something like that, do a series of unfortunate events kind of thing. But I think there would still be necessary adaptations just for the sake of, um, yeah, the modern era. 
Mm. I slightly concur uh, with Calvin on this. I, 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 yes, the, the fan in me finds it fascinating that we could go back and have those period uh, framed adaptations. But I think nothing, oddly, nothing will date Bond more than reminding the audience how he you know, is a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. Uh, and whilst the books celebrate and use a lot of stuff that doesn't sit so well in 2019, I, I, I don't just because the book is set in the past or an adaptation is set in the past wouldn't warrant or justify some of perhaps the racial and the sexual and the gender uh, ticks of Bond. Um, and I, I, I couldn't, Im- I would not imagine Eon um, going there. So a lot of fans feel that uh, Bond 25 is going to be this reworking and retweaking of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And I, I can't see that happening at all. Um, I, if someone has often said uh, that, doing the Bond books in period, in time, but maybe as an, yep. in an animated form. There is some scope mm-hmm. there because yep. there is a license uh, to, to that. And uh, I do like the whole Netflix idea. Um, and, you know, Bond has just moved to Netflix in America at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be, uh, it'd be good. But, uh, I, yeah, I just, I just feel it would reinforce how – Bond is not 2019 or whatever uh, year it would be. Uh, it, it, and it, it could actually do a disservice, but that's, that's just me sort of initially. I, I'm with wondering. you, Mark, on the, the doing it as an animated series, I think. In terms of the budget, you'd need to do it. Animation is probably the most sensible way to do it for it to look authentic. In terms of the period setting, because mm. otherwise it's an awful lot of work to go and make sure you know, all the props are correct and the cars and the locations have obviously changed since the books were written. So, um, mm. and, and nothing dates more than television. I know, I know a good film can date immediately. Of course it has, but you sort of forgive it. But if you go back to, I'm just thinking yeah. Agatha Christie and Poirot, if you look at those yeah. four by three sort of IT, LWT Poirots, they, they look so clunky. Um, and obviously a, a TV bond faithful adaptation would not do that. It would be widescreen and gorgeous and very Netflixy and, budget but yeah no no go, go sky kind of sky kind of went there with the fleming um ser- mini series right i and never I minded either. it i was quite a champion of it it was ridiculous it was as about faithful to fleming and bond as an episode of top cat but it was i, I, I kind of <laughs> liked its swagger i remember liking the score and i liked the fact they went you know sod it we're not going to cast a fleming look like it we're going to go with him from mamma mia <laughs> Other Dominic Coopers are available. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if they if they did make um, a, a live action um, Netflix Bond, uh, do you reckon they they could do that at the same time as as uh, the movie series as well? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, that's the conclusion I, I have as well. But uh, I just thought if I just wondered mm. if anybody had, else had any thoughts about that. Uh, Probably they could if it were animated, but uh, hmm. I can't see it live action because it, it would just uh, create a, too much confusion probably. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I don't know. I, like, I think that audiences now more than ever would probably be open to such a thing. Because I'm just thinking of all the various tangents of Marvel that you have going on and you've got like a Spider-Man animated series and then a Spider-Man oh. multiverse, a Spider-Man with Tom Holland. And like all of that media tends to uh, keep distinct and separate in audiences' minds. But does it work? Well, in Spider-Man's Spider-verse case... Spider-Verse is stunning. I- 
I think yeah. Spider, Spider Verse is stunning. Sorry, um, I really, really rate it. I was surprised how brilliant mm. a piece of cinema and pop art and design it was, and thinking it really thought outside its mm. Marvel box. But I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to this talking perhaps about extended universes and. A bit later on, but I, hmm. um, yeah, I've got st- strong views on that. I'm quite anti, and I also can't imagine Eon relinquishing their their sort of creative hold on it, and, and it's right that they have that hold. Um, hmm. I, well, I, I think I that speaks to, yeah. that speaks to a wider question, which is: Will Eon be controlling fifty percent of the franchise in the future? Hmm. Well, that's uh, that is a question. MGM are forever in a state of flux, and who knows what c- could be on the cards. But the the other thing, I mean, David, you're probably the best authority to speak on this, but I think the idea of going back and doing a faithful adaptation of the books in a period setting would actually show audiences a different side of the character, like the original side of the character, which, yes, some of the films are closer to, but they're nowhere near as dark Hmm. as... Fleming had written them. Yeah, that's we've had we've had some of the the darkness in in the uh, recent films, but uh, uh, certainly um, you know the Sean Connery films, the Roger Moore. Uh, there's there's none of that in them at all, not even close. So uh, um, it and it it, it is. It is an aspect of the character that is there throughout the books. That there's always doubt. He's he often doubts his abilities to do some something. He's often, um, you know, when he's off a mission, he's feeling uh, feeling really down. And uh, you know, he uses uses the um, smoking and sex to to uh, you know just get him through his daily life. No, he's, and, he's uh, basically a broken human being. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Which I don't think the films show. But so much of that is like internal monologue when you're reading the books. Because I I just, um, like last month I finished um, For Your Eyes Only, the uh, compilation. And I know that so much of that was originally going to be outlined, you know, uh, TV episodes. And I just can't imagine what, especially if Fleming was writing them, what they would have looked like. Because so much of Bond's personality comes through in his inner monologue. I don't know if you see that much of it when he's talking to other people. I would I would love to have read like you know a Fle- one of the Fleming outlines and how he would have gotten that information out there whether it would have been voiceover or I don't know what really maybe a way of doing it I was just just thinking I'm just throwing this out here is, is to possibly do like a, a series of ten or fifteen minute shorts that are just slithers of different books just moments mm. or just right. short little beginning middle and ends and just and that could all and this isn't going to happen but we'll just have that fantasy that it could be something that uh, Eon and other people are, are okay with because it's it's not it's not uh, stepping on the feet of the uh, the current bond or the current uh, direction of the franchise. There you go, Calvin. That you can do that on your YouTube. Hooray! Yeah. Well, they've, they've been quite successful. I, I just read today that Alien is celebrating. It's the uh, 20th Century Fox is celebrating the the Ruby anniversary of Alien by. They've commissioned yeah. six shorts. Now they're not. Uh, mm. I think one or two. Yeah, might you're the animation. Right, yeah. And also, uh, Blade Runner 2049 and Matrix have often yep. embellished their uh, DVD releases with these amazing uh, manga anime um, mm, right. moments, and something like mm. that could, that could yeah would support but not detract uh then we're talking yeah. actually talk, talking about blade runner uh when that came out there, there were i think six shorts um that mm. were released online at, at the time mm. that it was released weren't there mm. um, which, which was quite interesting mm. 
Yeah, and, and I'm just well, I'm just thinking, can we have a, a view to a kill animation? But that's just me. I'm, I'm, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, just something that's a bit spiky and and not Archer like as well. That's sort of the next. Mm. Oh, will it be like Archer? No, it shouldn't be. It should be uh, you know, new Highly forms stylized. of animation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So would so going on to the next question um, about post Daniel Craig, and I'm slightly worried because in recent Italian press coverage, half of which has been accurate about the location scouting and stuff, and then they tack on, an oh, by the way, rumors of there's going to be a character introduced in this film, which they will then probably use in future films, right? Either as a replacement to, as a baton passing character, mm. which just, my red alert went off for codename theory, codename theory, codename theory. They wouldn't be stupid enough to annoy the fan base with that. Wouldn't um, they? But, wouldn't they? But, but. <laughs> and, then, and then I thought, oh, there's that moment in Quantum of Solace with Randy Matt- with Mattis asking if that's his cover name. Oh, and then, oh, oh yeah. And then they, did, they, they actually went there with Blofeld being his kind of de facto stepbrother in the movie. And I was like, you know what? They would do it. They would do it. They also had Skyfall Chapel with his parents' graves, though. Mm. They weren't code names. That's what I liked about Skyfall, (laughs) that it it very much made a a line and said, no, this is James Bond. This is, he was born this way. Like, that's just his name. That's his identity. That's who he is. But then the thing with Mathis in Quantum bothered me an awful lot. And I I, I know that um, you guys probably know more about this than me, but the whole Lee Tamahori thing where I read an interview where yep. he was, he seemed to be under the apprehension that James Bond just was a code name, and that yep. that was that it. And the so- most disturbing thing he said in that press conference, the most disturbing thing he said was, "These kind, these kind of films direct themselves." Yeah, yeah. I mean that too. <laughs> but the, the fact that he could, you know, go so long with that opinion and not have anyone point out to him. Yes, and I think that was also um, the first time Bond was. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to get shit for this if I'm wrong. <laughs> he was caught. He was basically labelled. He was an assassin. He was no longer a secret agent. He was an assassin, and mm. you know, that was Tamahori's approach to it, and it made it into the script to the opening sequence. Hmm. So, yeah, we, t- Lee Tamahori gets far too much knocking from Bond fans. Uh, he, a lot happened on his production that wasn't his fault. It, I, this is my interpretation, but I think it became a second unit trade show a lot of time other day right. that he, he mm. couldn't control. And there, there are certain people that were all, you know involved in the Brosnans who then didn't carry on on right. later films. Um, I, I don't know Lee, but I've got a very good friends who love. You know, love the earth he walks on, and he 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 got a, a bad deal in terms of the press and the, and the reaction to it. Um, I but getting back to the, uh, I, I I find the code name theory would just slightly, for want of a better word, shit on everything that's gone before. Um, mm-hmm. Because then are we do we have to think oh. How many octopuses are there? How many uh, <laughs> how many odd jobs is there going to is odd job you know his th- that 
units title, well, and you you could do that. Don't, Mark, don't don't read the new comic books if that annoys you. Okay, right. <laughs> but, uh, oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So they're all, they're all they all end in jobs, and it's like odd job, low job, hand job. Hand job. Sorry, that's that's uh, sorry. I'm just uh, smutty smutty mind, um, but. Uh, I, Talk about lowering the tone. Oh, it's Bond. The tone is already lowered. It's it's, it's beautifully on the floor already. Um, I just I just think it would slightly. I I could imagine it would be something that maybe a future franchise holder could introduce in a quirky. Oh, that was what was happening all a long way. But I don't think Eon. Bear in mind the relationships Eon have had with their their leading men, their actors. You know, Roger Moore, Connery, Lazby, even Lazby, Dalton, all of them. They. It would slightly, it would retrofit or yes. retcon or whatever yes. the phrase is. I'm just not yes. sure it would well, go there. Well, mm-hmm. I, th- I think if you look at the franchise in terms of the, the Cubby timeline, you know, to riff on the Star Trek problems, right? You have the Cubby timeline, right, which takes you technically through most of Brosnan, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Barber timeline, right, which is we go back to Craig, you know, Bond being a new agent, mm-hmm. you know. Which is kind of, you know, Star Trek did the same kind of thing, right? Yeah, but um, the Barbara timeline, Barbara and Michael, Michael is particularly, they were there all along. You know, they were... Yes, they, but in terms they, of, like, lead, leading the yes, charge. Yes, right? yeah. So Casino is the second timeline. So in the second timeline is when Craig finishes, is it going to be, well, it's just a different actor, but it's the same character, like it was in the Cubby timeline, or are they going to do something else? And now I'm slightly getting worried that it's going to be something else. I'm finding I'm finding it really, really hard to imagine another actor as Bond at the moment. It's, That's because we've got the best Bond. Yeah, I yeah. always say the best the best Bond should be whoever we've got now. Um, but there are people, and there are approaches, and there are different avenues and ways of doing it. I mean, you could even have the code name thing alluded to or suggested like like just a, a throwaway mathis line but i i just i don't buy it at the moment myself regardless so in, of uh, gossipy in, in italians year, in, in a year we can come back to this and think oh we were worried about nothing oh, oh shit <laughs> well there's often there's often i mean i i just as an observer i i really rate billy magnuson as an actor and he looks uh, dead gorgeous and he but i also looked i thought oh my god you look like a younger daniel craig mm-hmm. and i just I, i'm making story assumptions here i'm not saying that he's going to be son of bond or next bond um but i do think he'll be a sort of reflection of bond and there'll be a there'll be a handover motif in this film not handing it over to billy magnuson um, i don't I wouldn't imagine but also it's worth bearing in mind when everyone has their theories about billy magnuson he's uh, a, a casting uh, ally of kerry fukunaga so yes. that's that's where that's come from and there's, there might be a, a, a there's a great actress that he has used in everything uh, i cannot remember her name but she, she's she's really cool in maniac and i i'll put you know 10 007 dollars on the fact that she'll be in bond 25 hmm. So the, the casting notes were it's going to be a female MI6 agent. Um, it always is, though, isn't harkens, it? Harkens, harkens back to Dine of the Day when that casting announcement kind of got out and everybody was thinking, oh, they're going to bring a uh, – Bond's going to you know, be the mentor for the trainee and then we might see a spin-off hmm. of the female version of Bond. Well, 
Eon have—they haven't done a spin-off female, but they—they've got the rhythm section coming out in yeah. November, um, and that's they, that would, should have come out earlier, but diff- different circumstances affected production. I—I uh, I feel they've possibly, you know, good, I, the assumption must be that they want it to be an amazing uh, film and scope for further franchises. There are further books in that series, uh, so I wonder if that's them doing that uh so so do you think mark that have scratched their itch of having a female-led film or has it hmm. has it um wet their appetite for doing a in the bond verse version of a female i film? think well we'll see we'll see what happens with rhythm section it, it looks to me a it's possibly more of the harry palmer you know the, the flip of bond it's someone literally on the streets trying to work out what the hell's going on with her life and her family um i uh, I feel um, that the whole idea of extended universes and a money penny movie and a Q movie, I think that's it's fannery, as I call it. It's a bit fanny um, in the fan, fandom type sense of the word. <laughs> um, uh, because it's, if you did a money penny film, to be a money penny film, it wouldn't be what audiences expected it to be. It, you, you know, a money, so you can have a money penny film with a bit of a title sequence and a title tune uh, and, a, and the beats of a Bond movie. And then it's just a Bond movie with a different character, whether it's, you know, Q or Money Penny. I just feel it would dilute attention. Um, I, but I, I do think we're in this multi franchise era, the whole Marvel template is not one you could really attach to bond but the whole idea of exploring characters we've got a joker character um what's stopping there maybe being a goldfinger origin story but i again i just don't feel it's necessary um, did, did, but then, yeah well, one, of, one of the things i just wanted to 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 say so didn't mean to cut you off there mark is um, no, it's uh, related to origin stories. I, I, I don't particularly like them for, uh, no. and for, and I think for a particular reason is that when when you when you get a, a character like like Goldfinger or, or like Bond, you don't really need to know where he came exactly. from. You just need to know how he is at the moment because in that way, you know. Uh, you, you let your your imagine your imagination go go crazy, and you you to a certain extent invent how he got to be who he is. So, um, by having an origin story, you you actually destroy that. It's you know it's almost hmm. like yes. um, yeah. you know it's, it's paint by numbers. It's uh, you're filling in stuff that doesn't really need to be uh, filled in because it's not art. Mm. Mm, and yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they kind of wasted, you know, Money Penny. If they wanted to do anything with Money Penny, her origin story is kind of in the footnotes of Skyfall. Mm. So they can't really go back and do that one. Mm. And also with the Marvel films, I feel perhaps the Avengers project is a different kettle of uh, comic book. But I feel that most of the Marvel films seem to be origin and nothing else. They don't know how to continue forward. So we're just forever right. setting up. And if you look at Superman the movie, the origin wow. is done in – it's almost done like comic panels. It's it's mm. 18 minutes. Suddenly, you know, we're, we're there. It's done. Uh, and I – I, I hate this. I love the origin movement, but I just feel it's it's well, it, you need to have something afterwards. So yeah, that's another reason why I don't think we would you know we don't need the Jaws or the Drax or the Zorin. Well, to your point, Mark. I mean, how many Spider-Man origins do we need? I mean, exactly. Yeah. How many or, times do we have to see the 
the the Wayne pair, Bruce Wayne's parents walking down a Dutch tilted right. avenue to whichever quirky reference, whether it's Excalibur or whatever film that director. Yeah, I, I don't need to keep seeing those blessed Mrs. Wayne pearls hitting the alley again. <laughs> like, really, I I just. I'm in it. I'm personally. I just want to see Superman be Superman. I just want to see Batman be Batman. And likewise, I'm I'm happy seeing Bond be Bond. I, I like the little paws and the sky full, done in the way that it was for all the, the the right, absolutely right reasons. But I just don't think that's the remit of Bond. It's not the pulse of Bond. So, do you think uh, the next Bond film should be uh, just? Uh, Bond, given his mission, goes off and does his Bond stuff, gets the girl, and that's it. Or, or would you like to see something else? Yeah, I, I mean, they, yeah, I, we have been a bit personal for since about sort of Mexico '89. Um, but then, so is the you know, the world changed. We're not. I, I, I yes, I would like to see. You should have been in Istanbul last night. I, I'd like to see that that almost two day Bond film. You know, where we, that's all it was, and, and to to not. We don't have to tap into other stuff, but we 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 live in slightly darker times. We also live in times like if you look at something like Game of Thrones, it's it's built on footnotes. It's all about different stories and narratives have changed and got richer and more complex. Uh, so Bond possibly you know, has to reflect that when he can. I wish that they could find a way to, of Bond to have, like, I understand that now it's, you know, we, we expect something more from stories. Like, if a hero is just going on an assigned mission, mm. saving the day, that's not as strong or powerful as if he has some personal stakes or personal emotion in the story. Mm. But it seems that the only way Bond can have that that kind of thing is, you know, by going rogue and going off on his own and... And it, it's just gone rogue so many times since. Yeah, it's ridiculous now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like every film now. It's oh, Bond goes rogue. What a surprise! Yeah, but exactly. that was always the way, though. He was rogue. You know, he was rogue in uh, Man with the Golden Gun. He was sort of going off. Uh, he's forever having holidays that M's you know, wink, wink, well, nudge, you, nudge. You, you could you could also argue as far back as Thunderball. He's like, yeah, that's the mission. That's nice, but I'm going to go to the Bahamas. Yes, because okay. I've got a hunch. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. I think that point that you, uh, Calvin, alluded to there about the whole thing of, of um, there is the, the audience's perceptions of like even if we had Bond just going off to Turkey or uh, you know Rome or wherever it is, we would start to doubt. We would start to we'd be putting that awful word arcs in. We'd be thinking yes. what's going on, and that's 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 mm-hmm. not Bond's fault. That's just how story and narratives have changed. If you look at you know mm. something like Killing Eve, which I adore, um, mm. I, it's. It, it, we, I don't think actually, oddly, we, we live in an era where films are as linear as here's your mission. Uh, don't wreck this car and, and please uh, <laughs> buy this lady dinner at the end of the film. I, I'm not sure we're in that. I think it would be possibly quite a vanilla sparse thing to do as much as I like the throwback notion of it. Mm. I, buy the lady dinner at the end of the film. I don't think that's ever yeah. happened, does it? They oh, were just about to get a takeaway. At the end of Octopussy, uh, dominoes were about to turn up. Um, right. They were going to row alongside. Uh, and- <laughs> <laughs> they cut that scene. Yeah, in the Me Too, in the Me Too area, they have to they have to split the bill anyway. So, <laughs> well, that's something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's for him to be expected to pick up the bill. Yeah, because Bond's now got to navigate that Me Too era by completely not referencing it, but but by being totally aware of it. And I I think that's possibly one of the that 
I, I, there was different rumors about the whole Danny Boyle thing, and there was ridiculous rumors and suggestions yes. about Obon's being holed up for uh, sexual misconduct, and he's currently going to a tribunal on sort of harassing <laughs> up a female. I mean, like, yeah, that that works well, and I, I, I can't imagine that was really on the cards. But um, who knows? It would it would be a good throw a throwaway joke. Yeah, but it's a throwaway yeah. joke that Goldeneye did about. Um, mm, yes, exactly. it's, it's, been, it's been there was a throwaway joke that uh, that yeah that they were probably doing back in sixty two sixty three. Yeah, it could just be Tanner saying, "Well, you missed your sexual harassment training or something," right? As they're, <laughs> as they're, dri- as they're driving to the briefing or something. Well, the, the flip should be Bond should do it. He he should you know uh, whoever he should be seduced and go, go is this is this a me too moment is this but then actually the me too moment is it, movement is attached to a lot of serious things so i don't think Bob yes. will make light of it but, you know mm. the whole the, the whole thing with women in the workplace and women in the movie workplace as well i, I doubt Bond will mock that um so yeah Mm. Someone once asked. Someone asked me that, like uh, very recently, actually, at like a, a, a drinks thing. I feel like when people I don't know very well find out that I'm really into Bond, they always sort of, mm. sort of will, will ask me about the Me Too thing, and then what about Idris Elba as Bond? And oh, I don't God, know if it's yeah. just sort of like seeking some kind of controversial conversation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, but, sort of, they look at you like you're a Trump supporter. It's like you've just come out as oh, I voted for him. Of course, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then that's that's the reflection of the media times we live in. That the the, yeah. gen, the general media, if it really exists, is is Idris Elba is the, the, the mileage that columnists and clickbait has got off Danny Boyle's reasons for leaving a film nine months later. Even today, it's still bouncing around, and that's mm. what the that's what the wider public see. Actually, mm. something about the general fandom and and what what people believe from the tabloids and so on is um, uh, I send out a, a monthly newsletter and um, I, I sometimes when, when there's been a, you know, a load of um, uh, you know, tabloid stories, which, you know, inevitably are, are complete nonsense. I always put, you know, put something to, to uh, the effect that, you know, um, doesn't matter what, what you're reading in the tabloids, just, uh, you know, uh, check, here or with a reputable source uh, to you know uh, to, to 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 clarify the, these stories or, or to co- confirm or deny them, and inevitably I get an email from somebody saying, "Oh, did you see the story in the Daily Mail about?" And it's yeah. like, "Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, people's ability. And when we're fans, we sort of see it and can sieve it through. I always say I, t- I take it with a uh, pinch of Stacey Sutton rock salt. Um, <laughs> it's like, really? Are you? And, and then you see people go, no, I think it is Eclipse. Now. I'm, I'm, I'm announcing it as Eclipse. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, mm. And it's like people forget all the 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 tabloid crap that's floating around the, the sewers of fandom. You know, I, you know, I remember when um, uh, Die Another Day was in the works and it was going to be Nigel Havers playing the villain with Houston yes. and Darcy Bustle and it's... Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, but no one remembers that. And, you know, as soon as the title comes out, you know, whenever it comes out, um, it'll... It, everyone will forget all this sort of drip, yeah. uh, rubbish. But uh, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a bigger problem which goes far beyond the, the Bond... Uh, films, but it's just that uh, it's amazing that people don't remember all the bullshit stories. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And I, I, in uh, on a, 
and you know uh, the you know we, we we're full of you know Brexit and stuff like that in the media at the moment, and uh, you know, I won't. What's I won't... Brexit? Sorry, what's Brexit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is we that a new Bond villain? We, we, almost, we almost made it. <laughs> but the you know, but, um, but pe- people people seem to be uh, uh, very unaware of, of many um, aspects of, of what's happening, and uh, yeah. it, and it just it just seems to be a, a general thing. And I, I think that yeah. that's that's quite alarming in many respects. Well, mm-hmm. the, the other part of it, David, is because often I get asked by you know people who know what we do is why do you go after certain stories? Like you chase them down, you prove them wrong, and you really rub the face in the pee on the carpet mm-hmm. about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, my point is, these are paid journalists, yeah, 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 and publications yeah. and TV, and if they can't get this shit right. <laughs> what chance have we got? Yes, so, that's, yeah. You know, like my my wife says, you know, like the honeybee, which is you know, the honeybee works to deliver what one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey or something, not because you know that's going to keep the hive alive, but if everybody does it, the hive survives. So my one twelfth of a teaspoon is occasionally raking a tabloid journalist over doing yeah. something stupid. Ra- raking, maybe, raking. Maybe, right. maybe they'll think twice <laughs> yeah. next time mm. and. Because for the important stuff that this world faces, God help us with the standard of journalism yeah. that we have now. Yeah. Plus, plus, it's fun sometimes to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take it into a bigger, broader discussion, but I, um, my new book is, is predominantly about Star Wars, and I sort of keep in with the Star Wars fandom and all of its vagaries and uh, craziness. And uh, part of the whole... Um, anti-Last Jedi movement online was fueled by, you know, uh, entitled fanboys. Yes, of course it was, and some quite unpleasant fangirls. But uh, Mm. there's been a little investigation, and a few guys have looked at it, that it was the whole Russian bot thing. We're just pushing it and tweaking it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not just rubbish, naive stories hoping for a clickbait. There's just these other forces out there. Um, Yeah, these sort of Boris Greshenko's, playing around and, and push, I don't, you know, why would you want to change the, the sort of perception and reaction of a Star Wars film? But, but who knows? Well, it, uh, it may, well, it may simply be that they're trying to test uh, a new method or something like that. And yeah, just to play with Western culture and, yeah. Yeah, and all of that. And to be mm. de- I think it's to be devious because they can, it's not always got an agenda. It's not like everybody's in yourself agent or anything. <laughs> No, 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 and yeah, and I, I, I love the idea of Idris Elba's Bond. Ten years ago, I think his window of chance mm. is gone because of that and zero else. Mm. I thought I was I was w- watching um, Luther recently. It's the first time I've watched it, and I I thought Idris Elba was terrible in the first series of that. I think he gets much better so in the second series. Maybe it was direction or what, but for the whole first series, I was like, oh my god, because I'd never seen him act like that before beyond like you know bit parts in Marvel movies and whatnot. Mm. No, I just wish some fans would realise. Like there was last week, there was this whole thing of Killian Murphy as the the uh, the bookies bet for the next Bond. Like, has that got anything to do with the new series of Peaky Blinders? Is imminent? <laughs> and yeah. the, you know, the, and there are slightly naive, less functioning PR elves in the world who will just do that. And it's likewise. Oh, it's going to be Pole Dark. It's going to be Grant Chester. <laughs> it's going to be whichever Sunday night totty. The Daily <laughs> Mail is all over, and that and. 
you know, Bond more or less has never been Sunday night totty. The one that annoyed me the most is when I can't remember, it was the BBC culture guy, Will Gomez, or I can't remember what his name yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was interviewing Viola Davies about the Widows film with hmm. uh, Liam Neeson. And just at the end of the interview, he just like jumped in and said, oh, would you like to play James Bond? And it's like, that's just, you're just creating this clickbait thing out yep. of this. Like, And then she responded with, oh, of course I would, but they'd have to write her as a, a woman. And so it's sort of like, well, it's not really relevant. Um, (laughs) What it it does do is often show how far we have to go as a civilization when you get those, you know, if you mention Viola Davis, even jokingly was asked, would she be Bond? There's a lot of people who just respond in very slightly 1958 uh, reactions. And that's always depressing to see, um, although it's very telling at the same time. Mm. And and I think the questions are asked precisely to provoke that kind of um, outrage. It just gives stories more... um, Yeah, it's it's playing on racism. When, When those headlines of oh Idris Elba to be the next Bond that's got nothing to do with the, the fact he's a bankable British TV and movie star which isn't you know we, we, mm. won't, we won't talk about that we'll just talk about the fact he's black um, yeah. without actually asking him if he wants to do it which, uh, and I just find that inherent racism it's just it's heinous but yeah. times we possibly live in hmm so to circle this back to yes. because we're talking about, you know, the bookies and everything and, and they're going to cast somebody nobody's ever heard of, right? It'll be everyone. It'll be someone we all know, but never thought of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I possibly wonder if it could be a bigger name because they won't go Daniel Craig again. They, they won't do a Lazenby, you know, and, and echo Daniel Craig, because why would you? It's been a, the second golden era of Bond. So I think mm-hmm. they might go, not that the pendulum is always Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Sean Connery. It, won't, it doesn't have to be an international playboy, but I, I, I think we'll, we'll either go an unknown or someone big that we just never thought they would go with. Hmm. I'm so out of touch with cinema at the moment. I, I haven't got a clue who it could be. It, it's um, because of, because of where I, I live. It, uh, it wasn't such a problem when I used to live in Barcelona, where there are a few English language cinemas. But um, now it's like a couple of times a week they will have one screening of uh, of an English language film, and that's it. And so it, it's almost impossible ever to see anything. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, like I say, the actor, we won't know. We, we will we'll have seen him in something. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Barbara's particularly canny with her casting choices. You can see it from, well, particularly from GoldenEye onwards and other instances before, but she keeps an eye and an ear to the ground for, with writers, directors, and actors. Um, I, although she doesn't want to get rid of Craig, but I, I feel this will be his final line in the sand. Do you think they'd go back to Henry Cavill? Like, I know his name gets banded around quite a bit. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too big a fan of the idea myself. Really? I thought he, I thought he would do a good job. But. I, he's actually sort of top of my list um, just as a gay man as well. It's like, yeah, Henry Cavill, yeah, yeah, give, give him it. It doesn't matter he's slightly wooden in some things. Um, <laughs> I, That's precisely why I wouldn't want him in there. Yeah, just, I know, like, I know. Yeah, he's... Um, I, I, I don't think we live in a time where people say, oh, he's been Superman already. I'm like, yeah, so what? Yeah. That, that doesn't matter. Um, mm. But there's, you know, Dan Stevens, Sam Claflin, mm. Alexander Skarsgård. Um, I, 
I did a piece on my uh, web page a year ago now, just looking at trying to look at outside the box because that's who it will be. It won't be, but it, we'll all get it wrong. It'll be no one we thought. <laughs> If there will be another bond, I, I do, and I really, really want to be wrong. It does go back to what we were saying earlier, but 25 is a really good round number. Um, but then we have got the 60th anniversary coming up. Yeah, but um, so thinking about that, so it took, you know, given that the gap between movies is getting longer and longer and longer, which we talked about in the last episode. So even if they wanted to do Bond 26, the new actor, we could be looking at 2024. Right. Yeah, I, I reckon at this rate, I've got one right. Bond film left. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's kind of the opposite of the Half-Life. Turn off the machine, right? I've seen it now. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's funny is this: every time a new Bond film comes out, there's always a story in the press about somebody who was going to die and they held on just long enough to see the new film, and it's all there's always a story about that. It's like I, I would hate that to for that to be what you're hanging your last moments on it's it's kind of a big gamble um, I, I just fake the- horrible illnesses every time a new film's out I'm like ah oh, shave my hair and go get in a wheelchair yeah I need to see episode 9 immediately yeah but just think if, just think if you if you are hanging on uh, just to see the next Bond film and then it's crap that's what I mean. It's like you're putting in a lot of yeah. It's not like the end of Silent Green where you watch you get to choose um, the quality of the footage you want to watch before you go. <laughs> I, I, I agree that there's a there's a, a concern or you know feeling that the, the, the gap has got longer. I'm a big defender of that. I, it's it's not always Eon's fault. It's there's a lot of factors, and it's not because they're not interested, and it's not because they're doing other films. That's always a complete myth. Um, but the you know 2022, I. One, you know, I do wonder if they'll they'll try and aim for it because it will be a slight, it's slightly longer gap, two and a half years. Um, and anniversaries are important to Eon. Uh, and if they were going to launch a new Bond, the whole idea of 60th anniversary would be prime. Um, but the thing is, though, Mark, that means they're making a decision very soon about mm. what they're going to do with Bond 26 because they need to start writing treatments around now, right? Because mm. that's always been the case. The treatments the next one were written while they were shooting the previous, right? Uh, ish. And yeah, but ish, yeah. ish. And so they need to start thinking about directions, you know, style-wise. I mean, and also, are they just going to pull the, it's a, just a different actor, it's a diff- it, but it's the same character? Or is it, it's the same character, but we're doing a different story arc, right? Or, you know, are we going to go timeless, not reference the Craig timeline i mean it's or, or they can they, they have, have a bond them. film without bond until a bit like the last um oh. star wars film when uh, no, not the last one the uh, i can't remember what the yeah it was the, the last force one the force awakens but, that's right where you only get luke at the end of it they could do a bond film like that and introduce him right at the end so he's like the, like the spy who loved me uh, the book actually yeah but uh, but uh, even more radically so it's like 30 seconds of bond <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, no. Um, but my point is to make that deadline, they have to kind of make these decisions pretty quickly, and I can't mm-hmm. see I can't see them down, you know, doing that whilst they're shooting Craig's last film. No, but so. they possibly, you know, that writers writers can write. Um, I. I there there's some great writers I know Barbara Broccoli's keen on she's she's supporting one at the moment who's who's uh, working with her um, so I yeah it's, I know what you mean yes and it's not just getting the script right it's it's all of it it's uh, 
it's yeah, new relationship with Universal, MGM. Um, although if you think of it, MGM, Universal, Annapurna, and all of those people that have vested interests, they will be glad to possibly yes. push for a second film and keep the, uh, the coins coming in. Hmm. So any, any ideas on, on potential future writers? Because I've got a... I've got one that I'm thinking of, but you guys have seen anything lately or any mm. work from writers that you'd be like, you know what, even if it's a bit of left field, I'd like to see them have a crack at it. And you know, I never, I almost never think about uh, different writers as a consideration for Bond, even though Purvis and Wade are always saying that whatever is their last one, they always seem to come back. And then they're, they're always paired with someone who's kind of like, I've never thought that, you know, John Logan would be writing uh, Bond films. But uh, yeah, it's never something. And even before that, like Richard Maybaum and, you know, they, they they go for a lot of the same guys and just have them collaborate with other people. So I never really think of it as uh, something that you can, an element that can be switched out so easily. You could do Purvis or Wade. Oh, <laughs> uh, two two writers enter one script, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got two names. One came to me the other night, and I suddenly I was watching Fleabag, which is a, a British uh-huh. uh, comedy series I heavily recommend to everyone on the planet. Uh, and the writer of that, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, is mm. is behind Killing Eve, which had this massive momentum and appreciation. And um, I. Uh, I just thought, oh my god, Phoebe Waller-Bridge could write a Bond film. And I'm serious. You look mm. at Fleabag and go, eh, it's not really the same thing. But her economy and her sense of danger and her sense of pushing boundaries in Killing Eve and Fleabag is interesting. And she's currently doing a Broadway version of Fleabag, co-produced by Barbara Broccoli. I'll just leave that one out oh. there. But another name I, I would also leave in is Mark Gatiss, who I know, yep. I definitely know, really would gag to well he'd love to write a bond novel and he'd love to write a bond uh, <laughs> film and be in a bond film and be play everything and do the makeup and, yeah. and, and be the listed uh, so write the theme guy. tunes sing the yeah, theme yeah. tune yeah. So he's got a great sense of, of purpose and uh, knowledge he's a massive bond fan he gets the annoyance and he gets he gets all the things that real fans get so that would be mm-hmm. uh, waller bridge and mark gatis would be my um plug and also mark's promised me if he ever got a bond gig he would put agent o'connell would be killed very early on <laughs> so that's that's some spoiler now i'll probably ruin his chances now doing it it's a spoiler but, but uh is that because he likes you or he doesn't uh no i've said i know he does it for other f- friends he's, he's he'll he'll go why not i'll put a little in joke that only we know yeah <laughs> David, you got any ideas? Um, I'm so out of touch that with cinema at the moment, and uh, no, I, I really don't. I, I'm I'm like Calvin. I, I don't really think of of uh, what writers to, to although I, I should do because um, you know it, if you don't have if you don't have a good script, you, you're not going to have a you're not going to have a decent film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a real left field one out there, which is Charlie Brooker. Ooh, that was a bit carry on of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was now you said that. Yeah, um, actually, that's not a bad idea because I mean I love Bandersnatch and Black Mirror, and again he's a bit like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. He's utterly now and contemporary and furthering the craft rather than just writing good stuff. Yeah, that's not yes. a, uh, cool. And, and, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people listening might be like, "Oh, well, he just dark sci-fi," but I mean, no, you know, this no, San yeah. Junipero, you know, double Emmy award-winning. Mm. TV movie he did right plus some of the other stuff he's done and I think um, using 
the challenges of modern day as a hook for the villain hmm. would good fit for him as a writer to come up with an original villain story that's not blowing up something or you know he has an it, 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 it would be something else. yeah he has an interesting tick where he makes society the villain yes <laughs> um or society the threat I, 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 that would be actually quite interesting in a bond film to have sort of uh, something afoot where society's bond's got to try and change attitudes as as well as stop the bomb going off hmm. yeah it's a good cool I, uh, yeah, I'm J- John Hodges, could, could he do one? No, no, not anymore. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> so um, just to round out, you know, the, the Bondiverse, right, the idea of the Bondiverse, yeah. um, the only other spin-off I could think of was that would probably work would be a Felix Leiter movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, which if the future is that the franchise is in part controlled by somebody like a Netflix, for instance, that might be somewhere where they could easily go to, to create some original programming based on the, based on the franchise, but not affecting it directly. Mm, Um, But the temptation would be to put all the bond ticks and tropes in, but with Felix, you could go with more of the American CIA tropes and and cliches and work with it. Yeah. That, that, works I, I feel that the cop from a view to a kill the san francisco cop there's something there he's just got he's just put out the flames on the tag in front and then roger moore turns up in a fire truck but, um <laughs> sorry i but, yeah, but just imagine um a, a, a felix lighter film where you've got a q-like character and the budget that the cia must must have for that kind of stuff it would be mm. amazing well, they, could, they could just basically make u.s version of spooks couldn't they and just stick felix lighter in it mm. I think Felix Light is the only thing, the only element that I can imagine working independently on its own. Because presumably, if you know this TV Felix Light TV series did exist, it wouldn't be you know James Bond wouldn't pop in occasionally. I can't imagine it would sort of be its own separate thing. And I can't think of any other element of the Bond series that isn't just like too closely associated to like. A particular actor like if you were to do like a jinx tv series for example or a jinx spin-off i mean the the link with bond would be so tenuous if it wasn't that actress in that role mm-hmm. that i i don't know if people would get it or appreciate it i think felix light is just on that right level of it'd have enough fan interest to know felix and then you know if it was good enough and could stand on its own then then great as well my my line on it always is where people say oh do you think we can have an extended universe in bond i'm like a 25 films not extended enough Mm. I, I, I really not as extended I, I, as twenty six. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd really love to see as a farce uh, uh, the adventures of J W Pepper. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. The randoms. That's how it would work. Have the randoms. Yeah, he teams up with the cops from View to Kill, and they 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 work with the, the cops from Vegas and Diamonds. Yeah, it's it could be Bond Police Academies. Uh, <laughs> Right up your street, David. I think that's just the tone. The tone <laughs> Sounds that, yeah. perfect. The, perfect. The, yeah. the fortunes of the Thai boy trying to sell his wooden elephants uh, oh. in, on holiday and he gets flicked away. And um, yeah. So you bring up an interesting point, Mark, and I've been thinking about this over the last two weeks. 
the, Thai the, boys? The, Thai boys? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I walked straight into that one, didn't I? Um, <laughs> online is such a beast. Uh, it's going to be a hashtag Thai boys. Um, so, so thinking of Thai boys in a Roger Moore 74 type way, yes? Yes, which was the the rumoured, well, the, the leaked pre-production bit for Norway, which was about a child actor mm. being used in the scene. Mm was how many child actors have had dialogue or interactions with James Bond in the franchise. Mm. And that's why I thought the, the little kid on the boat. I think well, he, he was dubbed by a 50-year-old woman. You can tell. I hate, I hate it when cinema <laughs> has a kid and gets like a menopausal woman to do a little child's voice. Um, mm. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good one. Um, that's a good question. Uh, oh, the child in Living Daylights with the balloon. Uh, no dialogue, though. But uh, no, nope. the uh, Pratt Park. There uh, is that kid shooting the balloons in Diamonds Are Forever, but that's just lied. Tiffany, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he gets lines. Uh, yeah. Who is she? A mother? I'd say, yeah. <laughs> is that what we're looking off. for? Just lines or interactions well, with thinking, Bond? I was thinking of Bond having dialogue with a child. Okay. Mm. I, I oh, that think that's. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what to make of that room. People say it's a flashback, but some of the cars that were visible are like not very flashbacky. They're like sort of 2019 4x4s. Um, mm. But just, and I, I don't want to say the L. Logan word, because there are other films that do it, but that whole idea of Bond being saddled with a child is actually quite interesting. I th- they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, and it's not going to be his child. Um, oh, oh, I say that, and I could be really wrong. Um, but I could, I could just almost see Daniel Craig just sat on the, at the back of a bus in Jamaica, you know, like, like a road movie almost, where they're trying to sort something. Um, but I don't know—is that Bond? Nothing kills passion, vespers, and one night stands more than a, a child in tow. Little little <laughs> Jimmy Bond. Yeah, yeah. Have you got your seatbelt on? Why is, <laughs> Why is this car so quiet? <laughs> but it, it reminded me of. Um, the Grand Theft Auto franchise when I read an interview with them years ago where they said they don't put kids in their games hmm. oh, so I was true. like there's no kids in any of the Grand Theft Auto games I was like there's no kids in James Bond either except for that one time it plays with the sensors kids in the film of perhaps more of an adult leading it, it can screw up sensors minds and they can get a bit picky and dictatorial as well mm. the only other times I can think of kids in Bond movies is when there might be a kid like pointing at a lotus coming out of the sea or a <laughs> gondola on the, but even then are, are, are there kids then I I'm not sure that there are there might not be, actually. I might just be, yeah. Oh, Octopussy. The, but then it's just a big circus crowd. Um, we could have the Red Shatterhand Gang, which is not a reference for Calvin, but there was a, a late 70s, early 80s show called the Red Hand Gang. They were, in fact, oh my God, how these things come full circle. One of the kids in it, his real name was James Bond the Third. Um, <laughs> I, I hope I'm right. Yeah. Red, Red Hand Gang was like this little troop of uh, sort of uh, 70s kids on their BMX bikes solving crimes and fighting. Finding missing <laughs> children, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just taking it off the tangent. But yeah, James Bond the third was in it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just go, yeah going through all the the child performers in Bond. I mean, there's probably a book or a study there. I might do it. I <laughs> <laughs> call it uh, from Thai boys with love. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being quiet now because I'm going. I'm going to put my foot in it even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good question, though. That's really got me thinking, actually. Uh, yeah. and, and my other, my other thought was: was that a an overarching 
um, creative decision or was that just how the films have worked out by accident? Hmm. That there have been no kid char- child characters hmm. in the films. Hmm. As, yeah, I've never thought about it before. Considering that a big appeal of the series, like especially in like you know Roger Moore days, was for kids, uh, and a lot of it fe- feels geared towards like you know ten, eleven year old boys. It's surprising that they never had a a cipher for the audience to project themselves onto the screen in any way, even just for a single scene. Two two words, Jake Lloyd. Uh, yeah. It yeah. can go very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the seventies, you know, they wouldn't have known any better. I mean, you could you could randomly could you have a villain that's a child? Would that work? Or there's, mm. the villain's got some pituitary gland issue, and it's no, I'm I'm sort of turning to sort of different strokes or something there where you've got a, a child <laughs> villain. Because um, there was that awful rumor, and it, uh, I hope it was a rumor. And uh, pre world is not enough. I feel feel maybe die another day. But that uh, Sharon Stone was going to be in it. Yes. he was going to be playing Electra, and Ewan McGregor was going to be playing. Bond's son, because McGregor was like the up-and-coming star of Danny Boyle films, how these things go full circle. That's right, Mark. They flipped the nationalities of Electra and um, the Bond girl, who was turned into Denise Richards' Dr. Christmas Jones, but she was originally Polynesian, I think. That's right, she was an insurance investigator for Lloyd's. And when they were looking at Sharon Stone playing Electra... um, King, the owner of the oil company, was going to be played by Meatwife. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, it was all. I, I, I liked the working title for that one was Electra. Uh, and I thought, that's not a bad title, though I just thought, few eyes only. We've done Electra. We've done all that. Um, Electra 2, possibly. Um, but yeah, those, the what ifs are glorious when it comes to any cinema, but particularly Bond. Although Sharon Stone would make a cracking. Bond villain. I loved that idea. And then when it was Sophie Marceau, they slightly... World is Not Enough is my least favourite Bond film. I, 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 <gasps> yeah, I, sorry, Calvin, I know that that would... I was going to wait till I got you drunk on Vespers, then just stop it. I've read your book as well, and I... Uh, yeah, that surprises me. Yeah, I, um, uh, no, I, I picked up on negativity. But <laughs> I, uh, well, I try not yeah. to be negative when I write about Bond, because it's just too yeah, easy. Everyone yeah. else is doing it, so I'm going to be positive. Um, I do... I remember... Uh, Robert Wade said to me, you were very kind, kinder than you should have been. Uh, mm. I, I'm not going to say about what film, but um, yeah, one is not enough. It's just hammy to me. And I, I find Sophie Marceau's great in French cinema, but I, I just thought she was hammy and the lines, it was creaky and there was too many characters. Um, and I think, but, the, but had we not had World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day, we probably wouldn't have had Casino Royale. So we, they have to sort of, they have to go as far as they can and then retract and pull back. But I loved the idea of Sharon Stone as the villain. Um, yeah, uh, the only thing yeah. that the only thing that didn't work about that was everybody knew she'd be the bad one mm. before going in. And I think that was we talked about in the last episode is like <laughs> twists, twists and plot yes. lines in James Bond movies, and it's like there's no point trying to conceal them. Everybody mm. knows. So no, because why not just yeah enjoy them? My, you know? my beef with Spectre is, and I, I don't have as many beefs as others appear to have. But my they, they the script spends so long hiding that it's Blofeld that it doesn't have enough time to enjoy that it's Blofeld. Yeah. Um, it's the same with Crystal, Crystal Skull did that. It's hiding that it's a UFO movie, it, and then then when it, it's too late. Um, uh, yeah, that's partly why I don't think we're going to see Blofeld back just yet. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Spectre, mm. Mark. Yeah. Oh, good. No, it's a, it's a great 
great Bond film. I mean, it's not like people say it was a no, it isn't. Plot. It's a great Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 has, it has a few issues, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't nice that it, it secrets and run-up got leaked in that horrible, grubby way. I hated all that um, leak because it was, as a writer, that, to me, that was all stolen goods. Please don't read the script. Do you, oh, do you want to read the script? No, I don't want to read it. Um, but that's... that's well, it's, it, yeah. What made that worse, Mark, was it was, do you want to read the stuff as unfinished that people are arguing about? Yes, yeah, <laughs> that have no context, that have no dates, that have no... Because feature right. films go through tens of, of versions, hundreds, yeah, not hundreds, but loads, before they even start shooting. And then when they're shooting, they'll, they'll advance and, and draft and change. And it's when people oh, they, they don't know what they're doing because I've read the seventh draft. It's like, oh, my God, yeah, they will change names. There's People's <laughs> names and characters are being changed on all sorts of films. And I, I hate with Bond where if, if something's changed or people have this suspicion things are going well oh, they don't know what they're doing they're they're out of touch I'm like they've done 57 years worth of movies that they 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 do know what they're doing even now very much so as long as they don't do james bond and friends right as an as a expanded <laughs> universe we'll all be happy because would it would it be fair to say that unanimously on this podcast we're not happy with the idea of them doing wider films with other characters not wider films i'd be open to a felix lighter tv show i guess um i don't know anything that could um ease the pain of the nothingness in between films is welcome i think well bond though should be an event bond is bespoke yeah it's some, you know it's like a suit you, you only buy once for your wedding or that expensive bottle of fizz or vodka it's, it's something you don't have all the time it is not a happy meal and i think perhaps i mean look at star wars there's been an embarrassment of riches four films in sort of two and a half years of box mm. office and it hit them it, it's detracted from the um the franchise and, and Disney are wise to that. I would imagine Eon are wise to that because the Eon set up this franchise world and they're watching others, you know, overtake them, but they're not always overtaking and staying on the road. Mm. Less is more. Is that our conclusion? Less is Roger Moore, yes. Less is, less is more, but less is more. No, but, less uh, is if, more. if you have too much of less, then it's just less. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no one wants an Olympics every eight months. <laughs> a game every year would be nice. <laughs> That's all I want. A, I don't know, a, a Gabinda radio show or some sort of, <laughs> a, a Mayday cooking channel. Uh, no? <laughs> no, that would be, uh, you know, the, the quiche. It's not a quiche, it's an omelette. Although it's a quiche, it's got pastry and an olive. It's a quiche, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do a two-minute speed round. We had questions from Twitter. Um, All right, so, you know, no buzzers, but jump in. Um, How would Bond save Brexit? How would Bond save Brexit? (laughs) I think we can just skip over that question. Thank you very much. Bond's uh, not going to reference Brexit. We'll reference Britain being a little alienated from other people, but the B word will not be in it, I don't think. No, no. Okay, so what is Bond's favorite gun, the Beretta or the Walther? Depends if you're reading the books or the films. Yeah. Yeah. The the Walter always looks damn sexy in any actor's hand, so I'll say the Walter. Hmm. Yeah, I'd go with yeah, that. Uh okay, so sports fans. Um 
if, if if James Bond is any good at football, which team would he support? Oh, <laughs> these are the, out these of are my the area of expertise Barcelona. here. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of a comedy answer. Uh, Atkinson no. Stanley. Uh, no, I And what, what nationality is that from? Because is he talking soccer or American football? He mm. said football, so I'm guessing it's a Brit. Well, but Daniel Craig's a big football fan, so maybe he should answer that yeah, one. And he's, so Dalton, as well. he's a Liverpool supporter, so we'll gloss over that. Nobody's perfect, right? Is it Dalton's an Everton fan? Is that right? Or or Coventry? Man or City. Oh, Man right. City. That's the same thing. All... I, I realised I knew more about this than I thought I did. <laughs> All right, here's a fun one. Which Bond actor in real life do you think got the most sexy action whilst playing the character? Ro- Roger Moore. It's in the name. What? <laughs> well, but he was happily well married. They were all happily it. married, but <laughs> uh, ooh, um, I actually don't want. Oddly, I don't want to think of the actors having sex. It's a bit like thinking of a family member at it. Um, it's, I, I don't mind seeing them pretending, you know, a bit under the silk bedsheets. But um, uh, it has to be Lazenby, surely. I mean, by his own accord, he yeah slept his way through. Most of the angels of death. But... Well, maybe Connery. No, I think the question was in real life yeah. as the actor. Oh, yeah. Outside George Lazenby. George Lazenby. I think George Lazenby would say it's George Lazenby. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what, ga- what gadget would you like to see used in Bond 25? Oh. Or are we past that now? An exploding t- electric toothbrush. We've all roughly penned our own bond for what I had, and I had a car with magnetic wheels that could drive under a bridge. So you'd have a car chase, but bonds under the bridge, like under the Sydney Opera Bridge or something. So a, a car with magnetic tyres, but that's utter Brosnan. It's utter 11-year-old, so it shouldn't <laughs> happen. But that's, that's my one. Huh. Um, a, a, an Aston Martin that can uh, transform into a spaceship so that Daniel Craig's Bond can finally into get space. into space. That is my <laughs> with, dream. With Rami Malek playing Elon Musk. It's happening. It's happening. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, God, I hope you don't get to write Bond 26, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this horrible suggestion that uh, Mission Impossible might be where, where else can Tom Cruise jump on? Well, a space satellite or something. So, um, mm. And I was like, oh, I'd be slightly annoyed if Tom Cruise goes to space. You, you could actually do it. It doesn't have to be a space station full of people in yellow jumpsuits sipping chinsano. Mm. That doesn't have to be like I'm, that. I'm with Calvin on this, but we could, we could just leave him up there. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, um, with, with uh, Tom Cruise, he'd want to do it for real. Mm. That's what I mean. Oh, just let him do it. Him up. Let him do yeah. it. Just, yeah. just cut his oxygen tank. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's always a difficult one. But I just, I, I want to see space. I'm with Calvin. I want to see, I want to see some space somehow. But I, I know it's, it'll turn the Bond fan community. It'll just turn it on its head, not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody seen James Bond Junior? And if so, thoughts? Oh yes. I've seen a fair few episodes now, yep. and it's it, it's, oh, it's quite terrible, really. <laughs> uh, but th- 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 there's something about it. I mean, I keep going back to it. I suppose it's my completest nature. Um, yeah, 
What do you, have, you, have any of you guys? I seen remember it? it sort of barely being broadcast on British TV. Really, Bond fans really had to sort of source it out. I was just slightly too old. I, I was out of that Saturday morning cartoon world, which I think mm. it came to a bit late as well. Had it come out in like eighty three, eighty four, and been like up there with uh, Mask and Transformers, it might have worked in a different era. But I think it was just a bit. It's a bit early '90s, which is never good for any franchise. Yeah, I, w- I remember being in oh, this will date me in high school when it was on in the morning during the summer holidays with Saved by the Bell. Yeah, the, uh-huh. I, I, I don't even recall it being on TV, so uh, I, I missed yeah. it. I remember um, the sort of stationery and merchandise trying to be a thing. I remember that more yes. than actually the uh, series. Mm. So here's a plug, issue 25, MI6 Confidential. We actually tracked down pretty much everybody living that was involved in that series and interviewed them, and they were very candid about it. <laughs> and, um, I bet. I bet they've got great stories. Oh, the story, some of the stories are great. Some of them didn't make it into the big article. Mm. Um, but the overarching kind of like feedback was we, we wanted to make it good, but the rules and restrictions and what they could do were so tight that it became lame. Like the characters could never be in any real danger, <laughs> which kind of crimps the plots <laughs> a little bit. And, you know, and so they, they changed like what the villains could do and all the rest of it to make it kid friendly. And that was the, you know, the MGM's Ben Eon's ruling that came down when they made the, when they made, they outsourced the series and within the realms of what they could do, they tried to make the best of it as they could. But well, that's was... the interesting thing about it, because they do have the occasional episode where they'll try to do a Bondian type thing, like James Bond Jr. will, you know, they'll be in Paris and there's mm-hmm. a, you know, a lady working at the Eiffel Tower who's along for the mission and he'll sort of make eyes at her every right. now and then. But then there's also the episodes where it focuses on his high school community and these, him and this other girl have a bit of a thing going on. Yeah. So and, and some of the episodes feel more like Saved by the Bell than yes. a James Bond adventure. Well, high school. You, you said high school it, it, it should be boarding school so already it's it's uh, yeah, it's missed its groove i think it actually is a boarding school i might be it's i mean they say that it's i think it's supposed to be an english boarding school but it's it's, it's an american school, high school. it's a special school for the kids of active agents and intelligence uh, people mm, which right you know okay yeah. It's, uh, which is based in England, but everybody's American. I mean, it's, uh, it yeah. makes sense, of course. Yeah. I th- yeah. and, all, and all the backgrounds look the same, so you can't really tell. I, I know of a couple of people who came to be Bond fans through that show. Ah, wow. impressive, yeah. Which I think is a good, I mean, that's an original origin story for a fan. <laughs> yeah. And there's not too many out there that, you know, oh, I didn't catch Goldfinger on TV, on ITV when I was six. It was James Bond <laughs> Jr. It's like... <laughs> A rare breed. Well, then it has great purpose because I'm always a fierce advocator of I don't care what your inroad is as long as you had one. So uh, I, yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many fans we're going to see in the future that came through Charlie Higson's Young Bond. Book. Yeah, I, I, I oh, think hmm. that, that, was, yeah. that was a good that was a good move by uh, Ian Fleming Publications. Uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, I think. So few people seem to read these days, and getting kids involved in in literary bond was it was a good move because they're, they're going to be they're going to read the Ian Fleming books and they're going to be into the films. I, I think that series kind of um, had issues when he left because the kids that were grew up reading them were then too old to stay in the series when Steve Cole took over. Mm-hmm. So I think it did. I mean, we we're not privy to the print runs or anything but i i don't think it was as 
pervasive as it was when Higson was doing it, just because of that, the demographic shifted of their audience. But I went to a, yeah. a, a primary school launch of one of the Steve Cole books, and it was just a joy to see these kids invested in Bond and invested in books as well, but also not wearing harry potter hats and wizard ones it was sort of nice just, and they were really they knew the films as well and they were like seven eight fourteen and that's you know that i remember being that age and being going to like a convention or a collector's fair at the westminster halls like early 90s and uh big bond fans were there and i was so nervous i was like 14 it was a birthday treat to go to a a manky old film collectors fair. I'd never do it now, but um, I, I, if if anything supports you know new fans in that way and, and new readers, then great, go for it. Hmm. And of course, there's the James Bond origin comic books which are out now. Mm-hmm. Which you should for Dynamite, but um, that's a topic for another day, probably. Well, I, I just I like I like an origin film. I love Superman the movie, but I. I, I'm getting tired of the origin origin genre. I want, us, I want things just to move on a bit. All right, that was that was our Twitter questions for this week. Um, there is a couple of good ones which aren't really quick fire and may be dedicated for more uh, longer discussions. So we'll save those for another episode. But uh, thanks to everybody. Well, I'll put your handles in the comments below for everybody who's kind enough to send in questions. Um, so I think we've we've overrun our a lot of time again we have a habit of doing this I'm, 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 I'm starving I'm starving <laughs> um, alright so thank you very much Calvin, Mark and David um, would you like to tell everybody where they can see more of your wares Yep, you can see me Calvin on YouTube if you just search for Calvin Dyson you can find me at thejamesbondossier.com or on Twitter there's a link on the website to that and I'm on Twitter, Mark uh, at Mark O'Connell, but the O is a zero, not two zeros, but just one. Uh, I, as I say, if you put it, look, uh, catching bullets has a very busy Facebook page, so that's always a good place to see where I'm at and where my sort of bond thoughts are at. And yeah, I'm in all the usual uh, social media corridors. And from everybody at MI6, which to me is just me, um, you can reach us at mi6-hq.com, and from there, check out our magazine. Plug, plug, plug. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.